Alright, um, fucking third attempt trying this. I had a bomb-ass intro. Skybox NASCAR's girlfriend that you guys will never hear. <clears throat> Sorry, I had the flu. Because, first of all, my internet is taking an absolute fucking shit. And we've this is the third time we've tried to record this podcast. And... I'm just in la-la land over here, not thinking, trying to, like, stop the thing from downloading so that I can see and hear Rory fine. And I had to go tell my girlfriend to turn off the TV downstairs. And then I'm going to, like, clear up some space and shit. And then I delete all the recordings we had tonight. So, uh, third time's the charm. Three's, three for, three's up for Dale. I do. I am wearing a Dale Earnhardt shirt right now. So... I don't know what I'm going to do, what, what intro you heard, but it's not my girlfriend, and I wish it was, because it was fucking funny as shit. Maybe I'll, we were testing the microphone out, and she's like grabbing it and saying, Skybox NASCAR's girlfriend here. Anyway, I'm not going to fucking do it any justice. Anyway, we're back. Let's talk about the flu for a second. Just like two minutes. If you don't want to hear me talk about the flu, fast forward two minutes. Let me tell you about the flu. You do not want the flu. I got the flu for the first time. They, they, Dr. Fauci, needs to shut down the country for flu season, not COVID. The flu. The flu had me, a six, a 26-year-old, six-foot-five healthy male, in the fetal position in the bathroom on the ground for m- multiple different times throughout a four-day span. You do not want the flu, okay? That shit hits you like a freight train. Anyway, Snowball Derby. I did have the flu over the Snowball Derby, so I watched literally every single minute of the Racing America broadcast this week, <clears throat> and I loved every second of it. I didn't know a single driver other than the guy that uh, the street stock, pure stock guy, whatever, pure stock, that let the straps go into the red roof in pool. Uh, he made it to the track, and I'm pretty sure he finished like second after a DQ. So that's lit. Uh, I think he started on the pole too, which I don't know how you get a car turn around that quickly, but Snowball Derby was very entertaining. Um, I did see, however, on Twitter that uh, people called the Snowball Derby, like the actual race on Sunday, boring. And for me, it was not boring because I bet on Derek Thorne at 16 to 1 and at 10 to 1, shout out Bavada. And I had to take it at those different numbers at multiple times, different times, because Bavada did not like my initial bet. Uh, they turned it down and they told me I could only put so much on it. So that was the first time that ever happened to me. That sucks because I knew Derek Thorne was going to win. I did bet on Ty Majeski and Bubba Pollard, but I knew, I knew that Derek, this was Derek Thorne's year. He led like 90 something percent of all the laps let of all the laps in the last three snowball derbies and has never won. And so he won this one, his last race with his team, uh, shout out Derek Thorne. And I'm sorry that I misspelled your name on Twitter when I kept ranting and raving about how I won. My apologies. You do not, Thorne does not have an E on the end of it. It is T H O R N. That's how you spell Derek Thorne's last name. Um, I did not think it was boring. A, because I'm just a freakishly weird, addicted NASCAR fan. And when there's NASCAR guys racing in something, I'm going to fucking watch it. Um, and I also went to college in Pensacola. 
and I got to go to the Snowball Derby with shout out Jamie Goodwin. You are an angel. She just had twins. Uh, shout out. I think they're like six months old. But she used to take me to the Snowball Derby every year. And her parents, her dad, Sean Goodwin, is like a local dirt track legend in late models. Uh, that dude can rip. Let me tell you, that dude will start in the back on purpose and drive to the front and win. And he sets up a rocket ship. And his brother, Gary, great guy. Um, if you ever need one to fish in Orange Beach, Gary Goodwin. Um, and I'm trying to think of the name of the boat and it has something to do with Jamie. And I can't remember. Jamie's going to kill me. Anyway, um, I was kind of bummed. I really wanted to go this year. There were so many NASCAR guys in the field, so many fast drivers. Brad Keselowski didn't even make the show. He he was not even close. Well, I guess he had a chance in the last chance qualifier, but his qualifying time was doo-doo. But they, I mean, there's 50... I don't know, 58 entries, 59 entries. And there's, I don't know, 10 NASCAR guys, a dozen NASCAR guys. Not all of them are going to make it. And there were some really fast cars and shout out five flag speedway or the sanctioning body, whoever gave the provisionals to Steven Nassi and uh, Augie grill kudos to you because those two dudes were driving through the field. And I think Augie grill wrecked or something. I think he did wreck, but Steven Nassi finished top five might, might've finished second. Um, I don't know what's going on with his personal life, but he's in, he might be in some deep doo doo. His, his, uh, girlfriend, baby mama dropped some, some hammers, uh, the night before the day of the snowflake. So I uh, hope all's good there. Anyway. Um, I heard Chris worm talk about last week on the episode that I was out that $75 was pretty pricey for the snowball derby. I would agree with that. Um, I, that's coming from a guy that spends $80 on every single UFC card. Whenever I have to buy it, I'm paying for it because I enjoy watching it. You'd have to imagine there are tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands more viewers on the UFC card than the Snowball Derby. And the second time we tried to record this podcast, I tried to do some math. So if 1,500 people watched it at $75 a piece, that's like 112 grand. I think it's a pretty good day for a weekend. I mean, you got to pay everybody, but that's only one weekend. What about like Florence and all the other races they do and all the dirt races they do? I think Racing America is doing pretty good. Shout out. Uh, there were hardly any commercials, like zero commercials. There were there were commercials. I just lied to you. There were commercials. But $75 for no commercials and just nonstop snowball derby action. They have Dave, Dave Moody and they had the Hooters show, pre-snowball derby show. And there was like three races every night. I, I actually fell asleep during the snowflake, but shout out Casey Roderick. He won the truck race after finishing second. The guy had first DQ'd. Anyway, uh, Roy Picks. That's my spiel on the Snowball Derby. I heard um, I heard your spiel on Cameron Young the second or first time we recorded this. Um, but you gave out some picks last week. Cameron Young, who finished very well. And he, he shows up in big tournaments, even though the Hero Challenge is not a big tournament. Uh, and you also gave out some underdog Moneyline winners, told people told the people to parlay them together. And uh, if you would have done that, you would have won a lot of money this weekend. So, Rory, how's it feel coming off the uh, profitable weekend? And what did you think about the Snowball Derby? I know you didn't watch it, but what do you think about it? Well, my weekend turned out pretty good. Uh, took both those dogs. Hit both of them. 
told a guy at work to take them, put his fifty dollar free belt on. What them. were they? Kansas Can't... State and what? Utah. Yeah, those are juicy. Yeah. Yeah, it was a nice little payback for him. I think it was like three and a half to one almost. Those two money lines at that time when he came up to me and asked me. Like, it was early. It's like betting Ty Gibbs on a mile and a half, three and a half to one. Right. So he didn't take it. Unfortunately, I don't know what's up with, with his geolocation, but it's not picking up at his house. So I'm assuming it's very slow internet speed or something not not jiving at the moment, so I know all about him. that. Good. Third time's a charm trying to record this damn podcast. But I think we got it. Sorry fixed. for him. Sorry for him. Good for us. You know, you you laying out the snowball derby winner. Um sixteen oh one, baby. Co- Derek Thorne like a thorn in your ass, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Did you take you don't have a Bavada account, do you? No, you might no, need. A I didn't one, take if it they because... keep put, Listen, if they keep putting out super late model odds, we are going to. They're. I was going to say we we're going to bankrupt them. We are not going to bankrupt them. They're just going to limit our bets to like five dollars, which is really going to piss me off. But if they give, yeah, if they continue I mean, to give us these odds next year on super late models, uh, you're making a Bavada account. I tell you what, if I would have had if I would have had time to watch it and paid to watch that, I definitely would have deposited money into That's a fair. Bavada account because it's just that thing. But I knew I wasn't gonna be watching. I hadn't watched a minute of practice, anything. You can't find it's out okay, but I so did. much information on it and it's one of those things where you have to watch it. So I wasn't paying attention either all day when when you tweeted out what you took. So, I fair enough. I missed out. What'd you do this it, weekend, Rory? Um, cleaning up and stuff. Like you got your Christmas decorations out to... yet? No. <laughs> you got that Dale we Jr. Actually... flag ha- hanging behind you, though. Most priorities, yeah. priorities, Whitney. Absolutely. Absolutely, and I also found something for both you and Full Tank will fill. I'm pretty sure that Christmas present. It's like three. It's like three big ass. Like, do you want to ruin it? Wait, is this this a Christmas posters? No, I'm not going to tell you what it is. But I found three posters that I've been looking for randomly from cleaning and looking for our Christmas ornaments. Let's go. we we have somehow lost our fucking Christmas ornaments, and it's not just Whitney, so I can't laugh about it. Mine are in there too, so like you, you I have you no. You lost the the box with all the ornaments in it, yes. or like you you've got yes. half of them and you don't have the other half. No, we lost the box with all of them in it, or either we haven't. Maybe we overlooked a box that we didn't look all the way through, and maybe they're down in the bottom, but. They're like ornaments that we've had for like ever. And I don't know what the hell's going on, but we're going to find them this weekend, hopefully, and maybe even possibly get the icicles hung on the front of the house, get the, get the children's Santa and Grinch out there blown up. I'm, are you not, doesn't it like snow and get really cold? Can't you just like put water on the roof and like make icicles like real ones? 
It don't get like that here very very often. What's the temperature right now? It's like 62 degrees in Jacksonville. It's fucking incredible. It's not, it is not that beautiful. It, it it's like 40s Dude, today. Like that. Let me tell you about Jacksonville, Florida today. I had a meeting that I drove to. And I got out of my truck. It's actually 57. It's no, actually good. 57. Pretty good. I, uh, I looked up at the sky. There was not a damn fucking cloud anywhere to be seen. It was like 71, little breeze. It was like picture perfect. And if you want to move to Florida, that's fine. You can come to Florida, but you better like Ron DeSantis. That's all. I'll leave it. Oh, at, absolutely. I'll leave it at that. Oh, absolutely. I'm a big Ron fan. Ronnie D, baby. Anyway, you're thinking. I know we're going on a little tangent here, but this is off-season NASCAR gambling podcast uh, content here. So um, why don't you tell the people what you've been thinking about doing here in the next few months? All right. So I'm always, like, working and lining up stuff. So all right now. You can't be doing all that. We got dogs. Ain't nobody getting mad, girl. Yeah, sweet girl. She's daddy's girl. How old is she? This is the 10. Daddy's yeah, girl. Almost 10. Yeah, she, she's the only dog that I've ever seen in my entire life that gets to growling and barking when the old lady, like, gives <laughs> me a hug and shit. Like, she's, Damn. that's my dog right here. Yeah, she's, she's a good What's one. What's her name? But Harley May. Harley May. It's like Harley and the me. funny Marley thing, and, me. and the funny, and the funny thing is, is Whitney actually got her probably four or five months before we started dating, so it was actually their dog, and then, and then it of became course, Rory's you know how dog. That, yeah, <laughs> and it became Rory's dog. There you go, sweet girl. All right, so uh, where do you think Harley May, uh, Rory, and the fam could be living? In the next six months or so, I'm hoping we're going to Florida. We, we're com- we, we have we have uh, we have contemplated and talked about talked about it. We'll see. It's it's definitely Think it's definitely it. a strong it's definitely a strong lane. We could do in person podcasts. On the beach. Apples. Oh, dude, fuck it. We could do it on the beach. I live. I could throw a rock to the beach. Hey, you see that beach over there? Name that. Hey, name this movie. <laughs> you see that beach over there? I could throw this football about a quarter mile. Damn right. You, know, but, you don't know a movie I'm talking about? You see that mountain over there? I would throw this pigskin about a quarter mile. Oh shit! Uh, I'm not even a movie guy. I don't know. Napoleon Dynamite. Be... Oh, okay. See I've only seen over there. I throw this football about a quarter mile. I remember that. I've only seen that movie once or so. I don't yeah, know. Rewatch it. Hit the hit the dugout and watch it. It's, it's <laughs> fucking incredible. One of my favorite movies. I do not watch movies. Um, I have to give it a give it another shot. Maybe maybe my oldest and me will sit out here and watch it one day. Yeah, there you go. Um, let's talk. NASCAR, why don't we? How okay, let I heard this on I think it was on the morning drive on NASCAR radio today or yesterday. And Mike Badley and Pete Stoney were talking about 
like numbers and associating numbers and sponsors with drivers. So my question to you is what number do you associate with the driver more Kyle Busch in the 18 or Jimmy Johnson in the 48? Kyle Busch in the 18. I don't know. I both associate because they're great drivers with those two numbers. Like I, so really don't have Kyle Busch had the, drove the five. I mean, yeah, I mean, for a guy that's seven time champion and drove that car his whole entire life with lows on it, basically, for like 15 like, years or 16 years. Yeah. Uh, but okay, so I would, I would give J- Jimmy, I would give Jimmy the lean, but I also think that. Nobody really recognizes it. I mean, Bobby Labonte, yes, won a championship in that number. And I know it's a lot of Bobby Labonte fans out there. But we're talking about now, 20 years later, Bobby Labonte's not really a talent, like a driver that people are still talking about. Right. No, on Kyle Busch is light, yeah, Kyle, Kyle that light years ahead drive. of Bobby Labonte. But, right. I mean, <laughs> sorry, I keep laughing. I think. I think I associate both of them with it, but I'm also beginning to think that I would definitely say Jimmy because of the loyalty and the relationship that he had at Hendrick and with Jeff Gordon and people like that versus what I'm beginning to think. Kyle Busch is probably couldn't wait to the day that this happened to get the hell <laughs> yeah. away. From well, the there. last like eight months, yeah, you can see the writing <laughs> on the wall. Kyle Busch was like, "Get me the fuck out of here." Um, all right, yeah, let I mean, me. Kyle Busch is kind of Kyle Busch is kind of like I am, pretty fucking straightforward, and you can tell by even the look on my damn face at the <laughs> moment if I, I'm not a very good person at hiding emotions. I'm I'm very very spiritual. All right, let me let me uh let me rephrase the question or ask a follow-up question. What do you think was more impactful? Eminem and Kyle Bush, or I guess Mars and Kyle Bush, or Lowe's and Jimmy Johnson? Biggest bigger economic impact. Go. I really do not know other than they needed a tax write-off. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a big, I don't see where I'm that big of a sponsor guy, where I learn a whole lot by seeing sponsors on the court by most of them. I mean, they're pretty point blank in this day and time, unless it's just some rando weird sponsor. And then a lot of times I'm sitting there asking myself, what the hell are they doing sponsoring the NASCAR? But do you ever Google it? Do you, ever, do you ever Google like the Ross Chastain Moose sponsorship? Do you ever Google it and be like, or see it on track on TV and you're like, I wonder what the fuck that is. And do you like Google it? Because sometimes I'll do that. Go see what they're all about. You know? No, no, I don't. Because I don't give a fuck. Okay, fair enough. Well, my answer to that question <laughs> is... Um, I think Jimmy Johnson and Lowe's because while Kyle Bush and I'd be intrigued, I think it was a couple years ago, maybe during COVID Kyle Bush had the most, maybe Adam Stern put out a little thing and it was all the, the number of impressions on social media that each driver gets. And Kyle Bush was by far number one by like hundreds of thousands, maybe even 
millions of impressions. Um, and I'd be intrigued at like, and I know social media has evolved and changed so much ever since Jimmy Johnson's prime, but I wonder if they did a study or if we could see the amount of impressions that like Jimmy Johnson got in his, you know, seventh in a row or fifth in a row, however many won in a row, seven total, five in a row, I think. Anyway, I'd be curious to see who was more five in a row, yeah, five in a row, seven total. I'd be intrigued to, to who brought in more impressions, Jimmy Johnson or Kyle Busch. I, I would I'm not, I'm not going to say that I don't give a fuck. I got to. <laughs> you waited that long to take it I back. Do. <laughs> no, it's, it's not that. I don't know. I guess with Instagram and different things that I have became acquainted to. Yeah, you just got an Instagram. And, and, yeah, and enjoy it and whatever. I laugh at the reels and shit. I, sometimes I laugh I at the reels you send I, me, by the way. They're funny. <laughs> So, but I see a lot more on there of what the sponsor is, I guess, yeah, so to speak. For sure. With you see, you different, see it, brand different drivers you see it more. and stuff and, and Twitter and things. Um, and I used to love some of the Jimmy J- Johnson Lowe's commercials. Yeah, I think, can I, I, let me finish, let me finish real quick. I think Jimmy Johnson would have more away from, have you, I don't know if it's just me and I don't pay attention to the commercials as much anymore or if it's because I'm screaming sometimes and sometimes they play the commercials and sometimes they don't like they'll coming back in a minute, blah, 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 whatever. And you miss some of it, but they, they don't have as creative and good of commercials in my opinion as they used to and it's just like movies nowadays i'm an old movie guy versus a new movie i'll tell you guy. this i'll tell you this they definitely do not make the nascar driver commercials like they used to some of these you know 90s mid 2000s you know even some daryl waltrip commercials in the 80s dude they were fucking funny and they were creative and they were good it was great marketing kick-ass marketing now, like you said, I don't know if I'm just not paying attention to it or if I just hate commercials and I don't watch commercials and I, I'm distracted on my phone or looking at whatever. But they ain't shit. I mean, Joey Logano will do like a Shell commercial. But like, why can't we get like Brian Blaney doing a Wrangler commercial or like... Or com- Buffalo Chew. Yeah, dude. Anything. Like, fuck. Give me something. Like Ross Chastain, yeah, plaster that man's face everywhere. That dude's going to be a superstar because of one fucking video. I mean, NASCAR, I love what NASCAR's doing. I'm a diehard NASCAR fan, but come on, market your people. I know Chase Elliott's a brick wall sometimes. I understand that, his personality. I, I love the double middle finger to Kyle Busch at Darlington, though. That's some fucking personality. Count me in for that. But Chase Elliott has his boring moments, you know? He's not a very polarizing person. People hate him because he's good. That's yeah. about it. Right? So market the drivers. Get Kyle Bush out there. Get his face. If they I heard on the radio talking about a Rolex sponsorship. Watch the fuck out. That'd be sick. Um fucking get Kyle Bush in a Rolex commercial. Shit. Come on, dude. Or Bush. Get Kevin Harvick to do some Bush commercials. You know the Bush guy? Bush. And he's cracking up at a cold one. Fucking give me Kevin Harvick in a fire him, suit out there, him dude. And, him and Rodney. Bro, get him out there in like, a fire suit, dude, on the fucking track and do the same them. shit. God, that would be fucking great. It would be fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, really, the last 
I mean, the last really great commercials I remember is when Dell Jr. was in the Budweiser. Jr. Bob did some kick ass fucking commercials. Oh yeah, and with some of the Mount and the Mountain Dew stuff, that was good. And I think he did some National Guard that, stuff too. But I mean, that's Dell Jr. We're talking about, right? I mean, he—he's the easy, he's he, the easiest he, person to market in the history of sports. He's not only—he's not only a great person in my opinion and great driver even though he never won won a cup championship i, I mean know, he's that's won painful to think about back to back it's painful and and i really wish he would have i think i think he he could have at a certain point in his career and some things just changed and different things different things happened and went on went on their their own way but as far as as far as a cool dude that that's an entertainer, like he he took on took on that role, bro. He had and, a lot of weight on his shoulders, and, and it, he fucking kicked it. He knocked it out of the park. Yeah, and excelled, excelled. Still is, it. by the and, way. What Dale Junior is doing right now is fucking incredible. Yeah, I think you can thank his sister Kelly a lot. Yeah, Kelly I heard she's the brains. She's, she's the she's the brainiac of the operation. She gets shit done. Well, I mean, she looks like she could whoop his ass yeah. all the way up until maybe, probably even still now to this day. You know, she's got that killer instinct in her. She, you can tell it. She's got she's got her old man in her. Did you like, see? Did you see notes. her writing that note to Noah Gragson saying that she he Noah Gragson is her favorite JRM driver ever? Fuck yeah. That's sweet. Yeah, I seen, I seen it. It it was very nice. Uh I it tells me what kind of dude Noah is. Fuck yeah, you know dude. What I'm saying? Fuck yeah. Excuse yeah. my mom, I mean, if you're listening, excuse my French. I've been dropping a lot of F bombs. I'm sorry. Sorry. He's dropped more than me. I'm I have sure. and I when we before we even started this podcast fifteen weeks ago or however long it's been. I was like, Rory, we might want to take it easy on the F bombs. And here I am fourteen episodes in. MF for this, MF for that. So my apologies if you guys are listening with your kids in the car, which you guys should know. Don't listen with your kids in the car to this podcast. Do it do it some other time. I know you're driving to work after you drop the kids off. Then you can listen to the podcast. All right, dude. You want to talk about some drivers? Absolutely. Let's fucking do it. So Rory has done all of this off-season planning, and he is running us through – Four drivers every week or every other week. Did y'all do drivers last week? Yeah, we Hell did yeah. four drivers last week. All right, cool. And I didn't even listen because we're, all, we're also we're also we're also thinking about a Sunday morning show. Oh yeah, tell Thanks. tell the people about that. Yeah, and you even get to see our beautiful faces Damn on right. Sunday morning. Sunday be, morning, that's our places. On live on YouTube. Um, Ought to be pretty entertaining. It's not going to be like this where we bore the shit out of you for for a long period of time before we put plays out. This is just going to be like strictly maybe a crack a joker here or two, and then we're rolling with be quick what we're playing point. that day yep. after practice, qualifying before the race. Because a lot of times the offshores ain't dropping matchups right until and, that morning and anyway. That's, so that's tough that I realized that when we record this podcast on, you know, typically Wednesday or Thursday and it drops on Friday, some of the best matchups are not available 
until Sunday morning on these local and these offshore accounts. So, excuse my French, I had the flu. Um, that's why we're going to do a Sunday morning show. And we may have a guest, and the guest doesn't even know about it. Or maybe he does know about it. I don't know if we formally asked him yet. But the dude that we're going to bring on for that show, if he says yes, is going to rock your socks off with some of the shit that he rolls out. So, um, And DFS plays. Oh, yeah. See, I don't do shit with DFS. So yeah. that would be you and uh, our guest, who's rock star. Um, all right. Let's roll into it. The four drivers we're going to talk about tonight are Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick, Chase Briscoe, and the infamous Kyle fucking Bush. So uh, we're getting into the meat. We're getting some good drivers. Um, I like looking up their stats and doing my little 2022 recap. It's pretty entertaining and fun. So Austin Dillon, he actually had a not-so-bad year compared to his uh, previous career seasons. He had one win, which he's never had more than one win, but he's good. He's always good for one win a year. One win, five top fives, 11 top tens, and a 16.5 average finish, which his career average finish is 17.3. So I consider that an above-average year. And when we compare him to some of these other guys' average finish, 16.5 is actually pretty good. Uh, he led 24 laps, which – is not a lot. I thought he was going to lead way more. And Brad Keselowski led like a few hundred. And so did Chris Buescher and Austin Dillon only led 24 laps. And he finished 11th in the points, which I thought was crazy. Um, so he had some, he had a, I would say by Austin Dillon's standards, 11th place points finish is pretty good. Considering he had Tyler Reddick in his same stable and Tyler Reddick was going out and absolutely ripping the boards, uh, and having a lot of good runs, road courses too. But um, a couple AD3 highlights, second at Auto Club early in the season, third at Martinsville, second at Talladega. He won an absolute shit show, rain wreck Daytona race, last regular season race to get him in the, in the playoffs. Uh, then got knocked out, but he finished fourth at Homestead. And next year, uh, I expect to see a little bit of the same of Austin Dillon. He's going to win once a year. He's going to make the playoffs. He's going to get knocked out in the round of 16. Uh, and that's how his season is going to go. Now, I think there is a small possibility that Austin Dillard can win more than one race with the leadership of Kyle Busch. Now, RCR learned a lot with Tyler Reddick driving that race car last year, next-gen car. If they can take that and then add Kyle Busch to it and compound on all the progress that they've made, Watch out, because RCR is coming. RCR is going to be a force to be reckoned with next year. And I think Austin Dillon is going to have a similar season with Tyler Reddick had this year. Maybe not as good. Might, might not win three times. But if I get a over a half a win in Vegas, odds on AD3, count me in for that. He's going to win a race. He might win two races. Um, he's always going to be there on super speedways. We know that. Okay. Um, but he ran well at a few different tracks this year. So my 2023 points prediction is going to be 12th because I have a couple other guys that I think are going to outdo him. I know he finished 11th this year, but um, I hate on I hate on Austin Dillon a good amount. We call him Golden Spoon Boy and Gold Spoon and similar to all the jokes we talk about with Ty Gibbs too. But I actually think that Austin Dillon could wheel a race car. 
And I'm not afraid to admit that. I shit on a lot of guys that I will bet on, and I will bet on Austin Dillon. That car he had at Homestead this year was a fucking rocket ship. And I think he started like 32nd in that race, and he he had a top three car. Easy. No one was catching Larson that day, but it was probably Larson, Truex, Austin Dillon, third best car. So, Rory, what would you think about AD3? I mean, uh, I agree with you. I think. I think he can possibly win somewhere if it's a restrictor plate. Texas, he had he he always runs decent at Texas, even New Texas. It feels like I think he finished second in what like the entry race in, into the I don't out I, I was open. looking through the damn schedule, yeah, earlier and seen seen that. I mean Homestead, I think he benefits more on a high tire wear track versus, you know, a low tire tire wear. So that that in my opinion is where he struggles is is on maybe your tracks where you gotta hold it wide open pretty much the whole time for the most part. And it benefits him up top. He he does run the top line pretty pretty decent if that comes into play because he he's had a lot of top tens at Darlington in the past, so and and some good finishes there, if I'm not mistaken. I think he might have finished second there one night. So ran good at Martinsville quite a few times, especially uh, long long runs. Like it always seems like he can he can take care of his tires and and comes on up through there, but. I mean, it depends on what, what what kind of line are we talking there at over half half a win. What do you think? I think it's going to be minus 145 over half a win, Austin Dillon. Okay. And I am going to absolutely slammer jammer that. No doubt in my mind. Okay. Would you take it? I mean. You think about it. Austin Dillon to win a race. That's all you got to do. It's just like Tyler Reddick well, over a half minus one fifty five over half a win last year. It was a fucking lock. And I'm, this is my lock next year. And if they give me like over one and a half wins, it, it's going to have to be a plus money, and it's probably not going to get bet. But anything over half a win, Austin Dillon twenty twenty three future, anything minus one fifty or below, I'm I'm slammer jammering. So make move some funds around. Get a, get ready for an Austin Dillon AD three. Over half a win, twenty twenty three future. I can I can see where where that could possibly be. I mean, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of confidence in him outside the restrictor plates. And if you take him at each restrictor plate, you're going to be in that twenty five to thirty five forty, depending on how he's running at that time. And the books forget about him. Stage Atlanta. How did he do at Atlanta? I think he ran. He ran up front of it. I think the one but I was at, he, he ran yeah, up. I remember Kyle Busch wrecked him. He but wrecked he Kyle did Bush. run up front. Yeah, he did. And he's always going to at those super speedway races. But I would rather take the minus money and put it on over half a win. Banking, you know, maybe he could win at Texas like he did a few years ago. And maybe he could win at a homestead or even a Martinsville where he's ran well over the last few years. So I'd rather take the minus 145, minus 150 to win a race anywhere than to just bet the super, the six super speedways we have. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't hate the play or anything. I'm not saying don't take it. If you're, if you are going to play it, like you said, 
hammer it to where it covers all the bets that you may place on him during the season that tracks and still come out positive on him. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to think about, you got to go through the schedule and think about how many tracks are you honestly going to be taking him at. Right. And you're going to have to figure out really, am I playing them here? And then how much to put, put on. Well, it's going to be a lot. I can tell you that. All right, let's go to his teammate. Kyle fucking Bush, baby. Uh, he had a very interesting year. Um, I'll give you my synopsis after I uh, roll off his stats. One win by the hair on the back of his neck and the skin of his teeth at Bristol Dirt. Eight top fives and listen to this, 17 top tens. Half of the season he was in the top ten. Road courses he sucked, but mile and a half, he had some really significant speed. Average finish of 16.72. That's one thing that I've noticed. A lot of these guys' average finishes in like the 14 to 18 range. So that just shows the, quote, trigger word, parody in the 2022 next-gen car and 2023. Um, Excuse me, I have the flu. He led 627 laps, which is a pretty big number, uh, and he finished 13th in the points. A few highlights this year. One Bristol dirt, like I said, by the hair on the back of his neck and the skin of his teeth. Uh, and without that win, without Briscoe taking out Tyler Red Dog Reddick, uh, he would have gone winless. And uh, shout out that piece of tape. Ha, ha, ha. Um, let's be real, though. Kyle Busch had some rocket ships this year. And possibly, if he didn't self-spin so many damn times, he would have won a couple more times. Like Michigan, dude, he had the fastest car, no doubt. He pits on the first pit stop with like 15 or 20 laps into the race, he restarts 32nd and then gets caught up in a wreck. Like, give me a break. 20 laps in. Um, He had a six-race top 10 streak this year, which is pretty impressive. Back-to-back second-place finishes at Coke 600 and Gateway, and then back-to-back third-place finishes at the Roval and then at Vegas later in the season. Um, Mile and a half, he had rockets, like I said, and maybe they had that piece of tape on the car all year. And they only found it at Pocono. Uh, but the Toyotas, uh, Christopher Bell, Denny Hamlin, they had some rocket ships. Even Martin Truex, he had some really fast cars this year and just had some shitty-ass luck. Um, but Kyle Busch is moving to Chevy next year. He's moving to the eight car. He's moving to uh, RCR. KFB going to RCR. KFB, the number two RCR. Um, and we saw last year that the eight car can put it in victory lane. Uh, approximately three times as many times as Kyle Busch did in the Joe Gibbs car. So, you know, Kyle Busch is, is arguably the best driver of this generation. You know, the 05 to 20 to current. I mean, he's arguably the best one. And you hear people rant and rave all the time about, you know, how much of a wheelman Kyle Busch is. Well, we're going to find out. He's going to a new manufacturer. He's going to a, a team that parked it in victory lane last year with Tyler Reddick. Um, and he's coming off of a, you know, a, I would say a down year from Kyle Busch's standards, but a pretty damn good year uh, numbers-wise besides the win category. So I expect Kyle Busch to win four or five races next year. <clears throat> if RCR could continue this road course package, and I know Kyle Busch could wheel on a road course. I've, I've seen it in the past, okay? And Toyota's road course uh, situation is god-awful. But if RCR and Chevy can bring back the – road course package that they had last year with Tyler Reddick, watch the fuck out for Kyle Busch. Um, I think he's going to win four or five races. If they give me over 
it's probably going to be one and a half because they only won one race this year. So if they give me over one and a half at minus 140 or below, that will be slammed as well. Um, and I heard those lines are going to come out after the beginning of the year. So <clears throat> Rory picks. Oh, next year. Oh, here's my, here's, this might be a hot take. I think Kyle Busch finishes fourth in the championship standings next year. I think he makes it to the finale and, um, I don't think he wins it, but I think he finishes in the top four. So Rory thoughts on KFB going to RCR from 2022 and maybe what your, what your expectations are going in 2023. Um, I think, KFB is going to be pretty fast in that eight car is what I think. I mean, Reddit, Reddit really showed maybe Childress has just not had very good drivers over there, just had good sponsors all these years after Harvick left because Harvick, his last year there, I think, finished fifth in the standings. And I fully believe if Kevin Harvick would have been with a best, better organization back then, I think Harvick would have won – maybe one or two more championships than what he has right now. I mean, he, especially under that old format, I, I could have seen him even in the last 10 for, format doing a whole lot better overall average versus here. But, I mean, K, KFB, in my opinion, he he had some fast race cars, like you said, all the way up to Pocono and then – you started seeing the videos and different things of of him and Gibbs over that weekend and whatnot. And then all of a sudden it was like, hey, we're going to put you out there in a test dummy every week. And he would randomly run well sometimes, and they sometimes adjusted the car to get it back wherever the hell it needed to. And, you know, it, it was – I can see where Kyle Busch was so disgruntled leaving out of there, in my opinion. It it was a very look, messy-looking situation going on, and I think Kyle knew from the get-go, just wasn't told from the get-go what the deal was. And then after Ty won so many races and did so well out the gate, I think it was just like that perfect storm of, we're getting rid rid of a guy that we're paying a lot of money to be here. You know, not only is his sponsor paying a lot of money for him, but we are too. And I can get Monster to come along for my grandson, and I don't have to pay him technically probably as much personal money out of my pocket as I'm paying Kyle there, Bush. There's no doubt there. Ty Gibbs is cheaper than Kyle Bush. There's no doubt. Plus the monster backing. I mean, it made too much sense. Yes. And it I think once once they got Bass Pro Shops back on the car for another season with Martin Truex and you know, Bass Pro Shops is a great sponsor. Awesome sponsor. But it fits a certain driver. Like, that ain't going to work for Kyle Busch and his fancy-ass watch. You know what I'm right. saying? Like right. that. I think Dale Jr. Totally... talked about that. You got to have the right, right driver okay. for the right sponsor, and especially so, excuse me, someone like uh, Bass Pro. Are you drinking a PBR? Absolutely. Let's go, dude. Yeah. That was my high school yeah, beer. Mom. Yes, Mom, I did drink beer in high school, and PBR was my drink of choice. 
my old lady's wife drinks them. She keeps them in the refrigerator, and I told her to grab me. Wife? A mean mom. Oh, okay. shit. <laughs> got me saying fuck now. <laughs> oh, two times right there. Back Mama. Back. All right, go ahead. Are you done on Kyle Bush? No. Um, I think. I think Kyle Bush is a person that builds off a of positive energy. And I think a change being made and open arms, welcome them in. And I think there's a, I think there's a reason he picked RCR. I don't know how much he got paid. I haven't even looked into it. And I know. don't know the financial a- aspect of it, but I do think that, it helped that Austin reached out to him yeah. and and kind of brought the thing together and brought him in. Because, I mean, you got to think about it. Old man Childress punched him in the nose one time. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so you know, it, it shows everybody can, what you know, grow, grow up a little bit, mature a little bit. I'm sure he realizes now the older he was, he was probably in the wrong. And I mean, for Childress to do that, you know, Childress had to be really pissed. Oh, and yeah, no doubt. Fed so, up so I think that Rolex is going to sponsor Kyle Bush. Now, when, when, uh, I keep, I keep wanting to say Rodney Childress, when, Richard Childress gave him that watch. I didn't think about it. I, I was just like, oh, haha, it's a signing bonus gift. Like, welcome to RCR. We give out Rolex this year. Like, fuck you, money type stuff. And then I heard on the radio, and whoever was filling in for on the morning drive, I don't know if it was Alan Kavana or it was somebody, was like, kept talking about this Rolex sponsorship and how dope would it be if it was a black number eight with gray Rolex, right, dude? Like, how that sick would, would that be? be? Fucking Kyle Busch in a that black RCR sick. Chevy sponsored by Rolex and just having gray. I mean, that would be – so I'm calling it now. Rolex is going to be the primary sponsor of Kyle Busch RCR. I think that I think that Kyle jumped into a new race car and it maybe took him – took him just a minute for them to get the handle of it early on. I think they had fast cars, but, but they were also loose. I mean, he yeah. was spinning almost every damn he week. Was all the damn he was time. self-spinning like a dingus. And it's just, it's one of those things where I think he had a lot of distractions going on too this year and wasn't fully focused on There's no doubt. race weekend. No doubt. And I think coming to a new team was something to prove, you know. I mean, he does have a little – he has to have a little fire up underneath oh. himself, I believe, knowing the competitor that Kyle Busch is. He's going to be out to prove a point because he's, he's that guy. He he wants to shove it in your face like, you screwed up, let me go, and put me out there and junk all last year, and I'm gonna I'm gonna show y'all what kind of driver I am. What and track was that where I, he had an absolute shitbox? Where we were like Martinsville, yeah, where he got lapped six times and BJ McLeod was outrunning him. That talk about a middle finger to Kyle Busch of after all he did for that organization and for Toyota, you're gonna go out there and give him a test dummy car because we all know what that was for. 
that was a yeah. fucking test session for everybody else still in the playoffs. And that, and they, they everybody knew that Kyle Busch was leaving Toyota and going to RCR. And I think that was a bullshit move by Toyota and JGR to give him that shitty of a car. Absolutely, it, it's a it's a slap in the face, but you know he'll just take it, use it as motivation. I think he's. I think if you're going to take four him wins. early, four I, wins. Take him. Take him at take him at twenty to one to win Daytona. Oh, we're already locked in, buddy. We've you you pointed that yeah. out a few weeks ago. We well, are just, locked in on I'm Kyle just, Busch yeah. to win the five hundred. I mean, he's he's I, he's pretty consistent at the Daytona five hundred. Actually, he just hasn't never been fortunate enough to be in the right position or out front to win the race. So, I I think at twenty to one, he's pretty good deal. And, you know, if you go back and look on his season, it, it was some highs, lows. And I predict this year easily you might be able to get a pretty decent number that you normally wouldn't see on him on over and under wins. I think two and a half is going to be said. the line. Yeah, I think two and a half. All right. Would you, would you take two and a half minus 145, 135, Actually, dude, I think it's going to be one and a half because he only put up one win this year. I mean, maybe, but you know what? It's Kyle Busch. It probably is going to be two and a half. All right, let's say it was two and a half minus 130. What are you taking? I'm taking the over. I take over. What if it's three and a half plus 170 minus 210 under three and a half? Minus. Over three and over under three and a half, the over is going to be plus 170. You going to take it? Oh, I don't think I am. Goodness. I, don't I think mean, I am. the four do wins, you, dude. I, do I do think Kyle Bush is going to win in, four races next year. I really do. But I don't know if I'm going to wager. This race, in this race card, I think it speaks for itself last year. I mean, what are we talking here? Only one driver that had over four and a half. Yeah, wins. very true. Chase, very true. I mean, it's it's a lot of great talent out there, and a lot of other drivers that could very wait, very may well have. Like Christopher Bell, I expect a lot out of him next year. Superstar, he's gonna be a superstar. I think Christopher Bell, in my opinion, is that type of driver that can go out there and drop drop a dime. Any season. I ain't going to say he's going to do it all the time, but it would not shock me if he went out there and won 10 races because he's good at all sorts of tracks. All right, listen to this. This is I agree with that. This is crazy. I got the wins pulled up. Chase Elliott had five. Joey Logano had four. Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson, Tyler Reddick all had three wins. Then Chastain, Hamlin, Byron... Harvick had two wins. Blaney had zero. That's still mind-blowing. But I think we're going to get some pretty good odds from Vegas because there's no way they're going to ignore this. Only one person had over four and a half. There's no way they're going to put Kyle Busch at two and a half. So, yes, Kyle Busch's over-under is going to be one and a half, guaranteed. And I'm going to slam the over. One thing that I can say about this new design on the rear end, 
is if it starts becoming into the team's hands on repairing these things, I would then say that whoever's team is better at cheating and not getting caught and find something could could get an advantage and it could it is going to be your bigger teams i think but also it would be really cool though if it was one of your smaller teams that just had a hairy hide sitting around there in the in the garage somewhere that was just the man at at cheating so how about this ryan blaney had more laps led than christopher bell denny hamlin kyle larson tyler reddick Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick, and he didn't win a race. The thing is with Blaney, Blaney, if he unloads fast, qualifies good, gets out front early in clean air, Blaney is fast. Blaney is not worth a shit if the car unloads slow, has to come through the field, doesn't qualify good. Right, or even sometimes he can even get a good qualifying effort out of the car. And it's a total shitbox once the race gets going. It just goes backwards. and Or either his team messes up on pit road, does something stupid. I mean, it's always something with, with them. That's why he is one of the hardest drivers to bet on. Like, yep. you expect so much out of him, yep. and then you, you see so little results. I mean, you can pair him and Chase Elliott together, their careers. And I'm not saying that Chase hasn't raced for an elite, elite, elite. The, no, they're the top. Hendrick is the top. And Blaney might not be in quite as good of equipment. They're, they struggle on certain tracks where Hendrick seems to get it right on every track almost there right. is. And Chase Elliott is just a better driver, in my opinion. I agree. Chase Elliott. I agree. Doesn't burn the car up. Doesn't he can pass use and abuse it. And he can, can dominate races. Blaney doesn't dominate races he, like Chase Elliott does. Chase Elliott, I think, can relate information back to Adam Stevenson. I mean, not Adam, fuck me, Ronnie. Not Adam Stevenson. Jesus Stevenson. Christ. <laughs> um, What's his crew chief's name? I'm having. Come on, Gustafson. Gustafson. Alan Gustafson. Gustafson. I got it. Don't ask me to spell it because I can't. I'm having a moment. I was thinking about daggone Kyle Busch still because we were on on the topic of Kyle Busch. All right. Um, Fuck it. All right. We're back. We're back. So I think he relates the information back very well. And I also think. He's a very good got a very good crew chief that's good at making adjustments for, to the race because except for his call at you, the Coke six hundred two years ago and Brad Keselowski won and Chase Elliott didn't stay out and he's the only one to fucking come down pit road and Alan Gustafson. Dude, people were coming for his head. Yeah. People wanted Alan Gustafson fired, bro. They did not like you that know call. The, you know the only thing that saved my ass from being really chapped is, is I put double on him the next week. Did he win? Yes. Damn fucking right at Charlotte. Remember that was the COVID year. They ran oh, Charlotte yeah, again the next COVID week. Five hundred. Yeah. All right. Came right back with him, and I got him the night of the double. Bowl. Hell, dude. Well, so did <laughs> I, and I have that shirt. 
Um, all right. Uh, driver number three, Tyler Reddick. My man. Breakout year. Finally. I know we've already talked about him. Three wins. Ten top fives. Fifteen top tens. Kind of a shitty average finish. 17.6. That's what I was saying. I made that comment earlier. A lot of these guys are around the 17 mark, and it's that's kind of shitty. Um, 503 laps led. That's pretty respectable. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, I have the flu. And he finished 14th in points, which he had a shitty couple races in a row in the playoffs. I think at Kansas and then maybe the Roval. I can't remember where he got bounced out at. Maybe Bristol. I think it was Kansas and Bristol. Um, but he was a real contender for a lot of the season. I mean, I, I really felt good about my championship future on him. Uh, some highlights in 2022. Three wins, as I already noted. Um, his average finish was worse than his teammates, Austin Dillon, which numbers don't lie. Stats do not lie. But that is a funky-ass stat. That Tyler Reddick has a worse average finish than Austin Dillon. Anyway, uh, he clearly had a better year than Austin Dillon, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, third at Phoenix one, fifth at Coda, second at Bristol dirt. And he should have won fucking chase Briscoe's bitch ass. God, That's I had stupid, a gigantic ticket. on. Who would have ever thought that that was going to be KFB's only Dude, win? Of only, the year. And imagine he didn't. Fucking imagine Bristol he dirt. didn't. The hair on the back. Of the, the, only thing, the, back. the only thing that saved my ass that night was the way that Reddick spun that bitch around and kept going. And Top three, second. baby. Thank God. Yes, sir. I know. I, and the yeah, matchups. I, I had the matchups that I had yeah. and then that I was getting ready to lose. Oh, my gosh. Uh, thank you, Tyler yeah. Reddick, for being a dirt, and he's dirt one, spinner. Dude, out pissed me off. So he, finished, he followed that up with a second at Darlington one. And then he won Road America. <clears throat> and that car was a rocket ship. Uh, and I think he went into that weekend like 33 to one or something. And we, I know a bunch of us cashed on that. I, we bought the shirts. We bought the die cast, uh, cash us Tyler Reddick at road America. That was a, an electric battle with chase Elliott. Uh, I got him. Live. Did you, what'd you get, I him, didn't at? get him at like 18 the maybe? I think that's what he was after. Some, qualifying. No, it was 18 to one. No, I got, I got him live at like eight to one after that's I realized still a good number. I, well, I already had Chase. Right. At like six so, to one, I think he closed. I was basically hedging on the best driver that I seen that day in the field that could I mean, Chase was dominating that race to whatever broke on that damn car. He had some steering shit going on. That oh, he day. did. He yeah, I forgot fast, about that. And they told him we don't know what it is, just keep driving. Yeah. I remember <laughs> that. And then all of a sudden Whatever that was that happened to that car, it just like immediately. I think he should have took it a little bit easier on it. In my opinion, as far out ahead as he was, I mean, he was five seconds ahead at mm -hmm. at one point. But Reddick, Reddick, here's my thing. He had a lot of momentum building with the team that he had been with and knows his driving like a skill ability his setups everything like that and now you're going to another team that unless he's able to tell them a whole hell of a lot about you know i mean i know they got the simulator and different things to to run but i just feel like in my opinion going to a new team and trying to pick up that chemistry and gelling 
I don't look for him the way that Gibbs ran on the road courses to dominate the road courses. Well, definitely like not. But I, maybe he could bring something to the table. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be dominant on his mile and a half. No doubt mile and a half. He I is know, going to I know, win. I know that the, him and Bubba's going to show up with fast-ass race cars at mile and a half, your two-mile, something, something like that where it's laid out. They can qualify well, keep it up front, mm-hmm. and run the dog mm-hmm. shit out mm-hmm. of it. I totally agree with that. But on the short tracks and the road courses, like – and they got work. They got work to do. Well, super speedways maybe not, but they got work to do. Ways, they're, short they're, tracks. They're okay. So, all right, Tyler but, Reddick win prop next year, one and a half minus one ten. And I want to correct something that I did in my rankings Let's earlier hear it. this year. Let's hear it. I cannot believe that I said I had Tyler Reddick ranked Ross Chastain. Dumbass. Yeah, I did too. I did too. I'm, yeah, don't don't count that. That's why we haven't talked about talked about Ross Chastain yet. I might have drank too much that night. Sorry. I drank that. Like, I drank a lot that night too. So there you All right, go. So Tyler All right. Reddick We got uh, that correct. Yeah. <laughs> so Tyler Reddick finished second at Pocono. He really finished fourth, but because of a piece of tape, he finished second. Uh then he followed that up with a win at Indy Road. And then he pushed Austin Dillon to a win at Daytona, which he definitely could have won. And finished third at Darlington and then won the shit show at Texas. So those are his three wins. Bristol. Oh, wait, no. No, he didn't win Bristol. Road America, Indy Road, and Texas. Those are his three wins. Um, he's definitely had the mo- the best numbers of anybody we've talked about. Um, I think he's but- going to be overhyped and blown on the season win total. All right. What if I don't think what, we're going to see. You think it's going to be – something different than one and a half? I think they'll – I don't know what it's going to be. I was thinking one and a half just now. That's what I was getting ready, ready to say. Well, he was at then, a half last year, and he's not going to be at two and a half, I, I don't think. I got to I gotta take, in, take into, you know, consideration, are the books going to adjust on his road course thing, thinking that it's all skill and nothing yes, to do with setup no doubt the race car? He's going to be – and, Ten to one, nine to one. There's no and, doubt. And they're and they're gonna throw a high wind total out there for the amount of road oh, courses there are. Oh, I see are. what you're saying. And, oh shit. And they know he's gonna be still good on mile and a half, like he was. I'm just, and he's coming off of three wins with with a lineup of drivers that are really, really good with three wins last Very true. Year. Very true. You're probably right. Okay, so do you think it's going to be two and a half? I I think they what could. you just said I think they, it will be I two and a half. Think, I think they will throw a two and a half juiced under. So minus one sixty under. Yeah, and I'll take. I might take over. plus money. I might take plus money on that on the over. Life's too I, short to yeah, bet unders. I mean, I, I think it's worth the shot, but I also think they'll be wanting to give you a decent price on it to bring you into, all right, this is a new team starting up right here with no chemistry really whatsoever. Not like Trackhouse. I have a a feeling they're going to start out slow 
And then that over two and a half is going to be creeping up on you really fast to where you can make more money betting on him to win a race that you think he's going to win than taking a shot on that. But I would say, I, w- I would say it would be one of those things where at one and a half, if they offered it juiced, I would be, I would be willing to I would take, take that. that. I would take that hands down. Yes. I would take that. So before we move on from Tyler Reddick, um, he DNF'd eight times this year. And I think that's my concern. That, with that's a, like that's a big finish. number, dude. That's a big number. I know he blew some yes. tires and he, he likes to hang it out on the right rear. Um, but eight DNFs is way too many for me. I do not like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, left fourth and final driver. And then we'll shoot the shit for a little bit. And then we'll call, we'll call it a night. Uh, Chase Briscoe. Um, one win early in the season at Phoenix one, six top fives, 10 top tens, and an average finish of 17.33. Another guy with the average finish here in that realm. Uh, 280 laps led, and he finished ninth in points, which I thought going into the season, no shot he's finishing ninth. So kudos to Chase Briscoe. He had a pretty damn good season. Um, there's no doubt that there is a pecking order at Stuart Haas Racing. And um, that's going to be a question. Well, never mind. There is a pecking order at Stuart Haas Racing. It is Kevin Harvick, and then like one level down is Chase Briscoe, and then there's like 15 levels of resources and funding and people, and then there's Eric Almarola, and then there's like another 35 levels, maybe 36 levels down, and then there's Cole Custer, who which I have- you took the words straight out of my mouth, the nice words, <laughs> yeah. If- uh, Chase Briscoe did one hell of a damn job wheeling that race car this year. I mean, winning, winning early, um, getting himself into the playoffs. He finished fourth at Phoenix too. So, you know, who knows if he could make a run, we know he's good at Phoenix. He got, the that, next gen. He got that dog. He got that dog. Yeah. He got that dog in him. Um, I mean, really you, you, what you said and what I'm like, what I would say about him in that is, exactly the same comparison you take harvick and you got rodney over there rodney is a hell of a fucking crew chief and he knows how to make the most out of what what he has and he does a very good job at it and not saying harvick isn't a damn will man too and it's just the combination of those two together is unbelievable he, he he is a very smart driver and he is what helped that car win two races this year and also get the finishes out of it that it got. Well, then you have Chase Briscoe right here. And Chase is a hard ass driver. Like he can drive a, a screwed up race car, you know, up to a certain extent. They're missing something over there, and I don't know if it's like something with their simulator, something with the Ford car. I mean, even Penske, I mean, they had their tracks where they were very dominant at, and then you knew some tracks Ford wasn't really going to be worth a crap at. And I don't, I know they took away their front nose and made them go with something else at the beginning of the year because they said it was going to be such an advantage. And Ford always gets shit on, it seems like, a lot First of times. First on in the NAS, NASCAR world as far as body shapes and aerodynamics and things of that nature come come to matter. And I just, I, 
I think Chase Briscoe is is a damn driver though. He dude, and he he's another he's another of one of those car. dirt car guys. I mean, he's in like yes. Larson, Reddick, Bell, I, I, Stenhouse, maybe not Stenhouse, but Bell, Larson, Briscoe, Reddick, dude. I'm, these dudes are fucking fast, fast. Yes, yes, very, very damn fast. And do you think do you think the next a, it's something about the next gen car, or do you think it's whatever they get put in, they're gonna excel? Well, I mean, shit, they were fast in other cars. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's I, whatever they're getting I, in, they're gonna be fast. I personally, I personally feel like they have that damn Tim Richmond in them. Tim Richmond could drive. You got to remember, I'm in my mid twenties. I didn't ever watch Tim Richmond race. God, you still <laughs> ain't went back and watched any Tim Richmond stuff. Come on, man. Thirty. Send me a link. Send me a link. Okay. Okay. So you got ESPN Plus, right? Damn right. So thirty for thirty on Tim Richmond series on Tim Richmond. No way, dude. It's it's one of the first ones. All yeah, right. it's during now, the first I'll, season. Send me the sure. link. I'll go back and watch it. Hell yeah. Yeah. So. You gotta check my dog out. He he was the Kyle Larson of the eighties, except didn't he, he get had much a lot of more pussy girls? than Kyle? Yeah, that, see, that's the only thing I know about Kyle Tim Richmond is he did not win a lot, uh, but he did uh, bang a bunch of girls. So he was like me back in the day. Oh, is that right? A partier, like to raise a little hell. Yeah, hell on wheels. Praise hell, yeah. praise hell, praise Dale. Yeah, come on now. Um, yep. Tim Richmond. All right, I'm gonna go back and, and listen. All right, well, uh, do you have a story for us? I guess I could tell a story. Um, well, let's hear one then. Oh, dude, I got a funny ass story. All right, so streaking, streaking fan in Jacksonville. <laughs> that does happen in Jags games often, uh, because everyone gets so belligerently drunk because the product on the field is so ass. Um, but there was a guy last year that looked like me that ran on the field, the same body type. He was wearing a wig. It was funny as shit. Dude, um, dude, y'all hired y'all hired Urban Meyer. Yeah, dude, shortest y'all and, might go shortest coaching stint in the, NFL history, fourteen games. As the dumbest, as the dumbest hire. Yeah, I know, and I in, wanted it, Rory. NFL I history. wanted it. I was hyped up. But fuck me. Yeah, he made us look like a clown show, dude. He didn't even know our backup safety's name, dude. How do you fourteen weeks into the season, the week before he got fired, he did not. He was in a presser and didn't know our backup safety's name. The head coach. There's only fifty three of them, dude. Fourteen weeks. You think you can learn fifty three names in fourteen weeks? A fucking course you could. I could. What a bum he is. I could. All right, let me tell you my story. Fuck all, Urban Meyer. People would all would all love playing. He's for a me. fraud, dude. He's a fraud. Absolute fucking fraud, Urban Meyer. What? Watch watch the documentary on. Like the UF players yes, did on I've YouTube, seen that. some crazy of them. Shit, yeah, yeah. He, right, listen, he's that, a phenomenal college like, football coach. There's no I was doubt like, about what it. What a piece of shit! Yeah, well, he won football shit. games. That's why Tim. It was Tim Tebow show, not the Aaron Hernandez, Percy Harvin show. Yeah. So, all right, let me tell well, you my story. So, I've been battling some health issues, and. It's like one thing after the other. And I had to do a bunch of tests and I wasn't drinking and I wasn't doing much. I was just kind of hanging around the house trying to figure out what was all going on. And then Thanksgiving hit and I started to feel a little better. So one of my buddies asked me to go to the Florida, Florida State game. And I thought, that sounds like a great idea. I'm going to go do that. And then my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law was like, you want to go up to the hunt camp this weekend? I'm like, 
yeah, but I'm going to the Florida Florida State game. And his hunt camp is only like an hour and a half from Tallahassee. So I'm like, I'll just Y'all go to the have invited me. You're like eight hours away. I could have drove down and went fucking hunting. That's yeah, true. Next time. I'm I'm going New Year's Eve. What are you doing New Year's Eve? Hunting in Florida. Yes, sir. Georgia, actually. Okay, okay. so so listen. So the plan was to go to the Florida State game and then stay sober and drive to the hunt camp and then hunt Saturday morning, hunt Saturday afternoon, hunt Sunday morning, and then drive back and go to the Jags game. Well, that did not go to plan because I was in traffic on campus. So I had a bottle of Jack with me. And the plan was to just have one drink before I went into the stadium. I was going to go park. I was going to sit on the tailgate, and I was going to have myself a little one-man tailgate because my buddies were already in the in the stadium. Well, the traffic took so damn long, and I was literally in a parking lot, like very close. I was not drinking and driving, but I started drinking some Jack. Well, by the time I got into the stadium, I was schwacked, absolutely schwacked. Um, and it was a barn burner of a game. I love Jack Daniels. Damn right, baby. I was drinking it neat. Um, so... Uh, That's the only way to drink it. Uh, on the rocks or the lime or with ginger ale. So I'm schwacked. On the rock. I'm schwacked. I go to the game. It's a one-touchdown game. We were drinking beers the whole time. So I was. I called my brother. and I like, listen, buddy, I ain't coming tonight. I'm be coming in the morning. So anyway, my buddy, I was like, I don't know where you're sleeping tonight, but I'm sleeping with you. And he's like, all right, we're sleeping at my buddy's place, and I'm on the couch, so you're on the recliner. I said, count me in. So we go to, down to Ken's at the Strip. Uh, we get drunk. The lights turn on. We went home. I slept on a recliner. I woke up. had no idea where I was. And um, it was a good night. It was a good night. So then I drove to the hunt camp in Nashville, Georgia. Still drunk from Still the night drunk. before. I get there. Everyone's drinking. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. So I start drinking again. Jack Daniels in the car. It was crown. This When I got to the hunt camp, it was crown. So Are they high class, huh? I get drinking. Oh, yeah. So I get to drinking. I go to sit in the stand at like, I don't know, 3.30, 4 o'clock. Y'all got one of them scent-proof stands? Well, it's like a condo. Yeah, it's rich people hunting. Yeah. 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 So um, I take the side-by-side. I got my fucking tall. I'm drunk at this point again. It's like 3 o'clock. I got my tall-ass crown on the rocks, right, to last me the next two hours. So I go and I sit in the stand, and I am drunk. There's no doubt about it. And before I got to the stand and we were sitting around drinking, I'm like, Harrison, that's my brother-in-law's name. I'm like, Harrison, I need some meat this year. I didn't get any meat last year, so do you mind if I shoot a doe? And he's like, no problem. Well, you know, I'm like, you don't mind cleaning it? Like, I'll help you, but I don't know what I'm doing, so I need your help. He's like, dude, shoot a doe. If you want to shoot a doe, shoot a doe. I'm like, all right, that sounds good. Obviously, I want a buck, but the doe will do. I want some meat. So it's about 5.30. Sun goes down about 6 o'clock. It's about 5.30. And out walks this doe. And I'm like taking videos of it, taking pictures of it, sending it to my brother-in-law, sending it to my dad, my dad's buddy. That's What are you hunting with? I got a Tika 3, 270. Oh, shit. All right, so I'm sitting there, right? And it comes out. I got a Savage 270. Nice, let's go. 270, baby. The 270 Club. I also have another story about how I tried to take a a a 270 round through TSA pre-check or through TSA. And the guy pulled my bag aside and was like, I'm going to give you one chance to tell me what's in this bag. I'm like, sir, I have no idea what's in that bag. I, I really don't know. You can dump it out. It's like, stop messing with me. I know you know what's in this bag. And I'm like, sir, with all due respect, I have no idea what's in that fucking bag. 
he dumps my bag out and he pulls out a 270 round. And I'm like, oh my God. I took this duffel bag to the hunt camp last weekend. I'm sorry. That was last year. Anyway, I almost got on a no fly list. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, all right. So I'm sending pictures to my brother in law, like, yo, is this doe big enough to to kill? He's like, Yeah, pull the trigger. I'm like, cool. So when you're hunting, it's a it's a good idea to bring some binoculars with you and, and check out the deer before you shoot it, right? Or even just look through the scope at it for a little bit, you know, monitor its movement. It's not too long because it'll run off. Don't make too much noise because it'll run off. Well, my dumbass didn't bring binoculars, and it was getting dark. And the first time that I looked at that deer through the scope when I was going to pull the trigger. So I pull the trigger, right? It's probably 40 yards away. I pull the trigger. It runs off. I'm like, fuck. Now I got to go track this thing down. I don't have a dog up here. I'm going to have to do this the old-fashioned way. So I wait till dark. It runs off. I'm not super familiar with this part of the property. Uh, so it gets dark. But I got me a high-powered flashlight. So... I start tracking it. I got blood. I'm like, fuck yeah, I got blood. So I start tracking it and I get to this creek and I'm like, this deer is in this creek somewhere and I can't find it, but I couldn't find it. I'm like, this deer's in this creek. So I wait for my brother-in-law and a couple other people to show up and they got the side-by-side lights on this creek. And all of a sudden my brother-in-law was like, I found it. It was literally horizontal in this creek. So we go in there and we drag it out we drag it out onto the grass and it's a fucking spike tiny ass spike and i thought it was a doe and i'm i start freaking out because in florida if you shoot anything under a six point it you are going to get slapped with a hefty fine so i start freaking out i'm like we're not taking this to the meat processor we're cleaning this shit and we're throwing we're throwing this shit back in the creek right i'm like we're fucked and he's like nah dude i think in the state of georgia like you can shoot literally anything you want, especially if you're on private land, you can literally shoot anything. I'm like, dude, I don't know if that's the rule. So we get back to the cabin and his uncle uh, lives on the farm and his uncle's a lawyer. And so we call him down and he's drinking. He's drunk. He comes down. He's like, um, I don't know if that's legal, but we'll just take it to the processor. We'll tell him I shot it. I'm a lawyer. Uh, they, uh, they ain't going to fuck with me. So we literally put the deer in the bed of the truck, and I'll send you a picture of it. We put the deer in the bed of the truck. We start driving down the road. We're in Nashville, Georgia, a population of like 3,000 people. That's my kind of lawyer. Oh, yeah, right? So we're on the way to the meat processor. I'm in the backseat because I'm drunk. My brother-in-law's driving my truck with the fucking spike in the back, and I'm freaking out the whole way. I'm like, Dan, that's his, that's his uncle's name. I'm like, Dan, he's a lawyer. Are we going to get fucked for this? Am I going to get a $3,500 fine or $4,000 fine? Whatever this is. He's like, listen, you didn't shoot the deer. I shot the deer. Okay. And if you have kids listening, mute for the next 15 seconds. His idea was, I'm like, all right, what are you going to tell them when they ask you? He said, they're not going to ask you questions, but if they do, I'm going to tell them. I walked up on it. It was stuck in a fence and I had two options. I could fuck the deer or I could kill it. And I chose to shoot the deer. <laughs> anyway, they didn't ask any questions, but we roll we roll up to the uh roll up to the meat processor and you know there's eight points, ten points, a bunch of dough just, just literally all over the place. Is like probably a hundred Yeti coolers full of deer meat just right outside the fucking thing. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um and the preacher man's there and Dan is like, Man, what you doing here? And these are all country folk. I mean they they got a but they got an accent thicker than Rory's. I mean, you can't even understand it sometimes. Anyway, so I shot a spike, and I thought it was a doe, and um, 
took it to the meat processor and got embarrassed in front of everybody. So anyway, skybox story of the week. I shot a doe. I shot a spike and I thought I was shooting a doe. There you go. That's awesome. Yes, sir. That's, and then I got the flip. Oh, I would oh and then hey, I got right, Wait, hold on. I'm not done yet. I forgot. I forgot the ending of the story. So then I got drunk because I was like, well, I shot a spike. I'm going to get drunk tonight. So I got drunk. And then my girlfriend was like, hey, we're taking a party bus from the beach to the Jags game. We're playing the Ravens. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll drive back when they when they go get in the stand. I'll drive back. So I got drunk, stayed up to like two in the morning, woke up at like five thirty when they were going to the stand and I drive back to Jacksonville, then proceed to get drunk again on the party bus on the way to the Jags game. Uh, excuse me, I still have the flu. And the Jags won by one point on a two-point conversion. Fuck Lamar Jackson. Go Jags. All right, now my story's over. And then I got the flu <laughs> the next day. That's that's awesome. And I'm going sober. Y'all love it. Yeah, I'm yeah. sober for this show. I don't know if you guys can notice, but I am sober. I dropped more F-bombs tonight, which is quite interesting. You're doing a very good job. I, Thanks, I Rory. I really appreciate that. Let's go, Brandon. Now now you're going to make me tell my hunting story from the other day when All right, I took, you have took both my kids. Eight minutes. Oh, shit. Right. Yeah, hell yeah. Tell me about this yeah, story. I took, I took the chaps hunting. Now, were y'all, man, were y'all in a condo? Hard. Were y'all on the same stand? Well, we were in the redneck condo that my buddies built this out of three shipping crates from work and four poles buried in concrete. It's a nice little unit though. They got they got the holes cut out. They didn't get it built early enough for the windows and the carpet and everything, but we're going to work on that in the off season. We're we're at least gladly appreciative that if it is raining or shitty weather, we can get up there with the propane heater and stay warm and kill some deer. So <clears throat> that's where we take the kids to. Cause you know, when kids are young, you got to make them comfortable up there. You, you can't take them out like straight up like this weekend, probably Sunday, me and my buddy, we're going to go up on the mountain and walk from all the way down at the bottom, all the way to the top. Cause we've seen quite a few uh, big bucks here recently on the cam. Let's up go. There. So big buck down. So you can't, yes, you can't take kids on shit like that. So I take them for fun hunting. And actually my buddy's daughter shot her, shot her first deer the time before that, the first time that I took little man with me so let's go everybody was excited pumped got some meat they got plenty of meat and anyway we get up there we're hunting and i mean we had a good time unfortunately we didn't see any deer this day it's one of those spots where either you see them come through like randomly like they are coming through that day and other days they take another route around there because I mean we got a couple of food plots planted and different things up there. So I think it's going to draw them in later later on in the season because I think they have a late harvest on it, and it's one of those things where they're going to be looking for food. We had a good good acorn turnout though up here this year. I ain't never seen so many damn acorns, but <clears throat> we didn't see anything so. They got a side-by-side, got some pretty cool trails, ride all the way up the mountain and stuff. And I was like, kids, you want to ride around? You want to go back? What you want to do? So we end up riding around. Of course, you know, doing 
we got guns in the damn side by side. You're not not supposed to do that, but we don't tell anybody. And they are not ever loaded though, so that's okay. And we we pull up to one. We finally see it in the field. Little man's like, "Look at that thing!" So my buddy Adam, you know, messing with me. Hey. You you can shoot it if you want to, and I, I made I made that father decision. I was like, I can't teach my kids this shit. Yep. If Good this would have been, <laughs> and it's nothing, it's, it's nothing to do with I'm doing this shit off a main highway or or anything like that. I mean, this is a guy's private land, and yes, if we did shoot it, we would take it back, and we're gonna clean Hunter it. Hunter gather, I mean, harvester. Yeah, I mean. The shit's legal in Michigan. So why the fuck can't it be legal everywhere? It's like weed or, and guns and gambling. Why can't they be legal everywhere? I don't know. You tell me. Liberals. It's, it's working, though. Yeah. And, anyway. And some, and some other dumbass some people. But I'm just absolutely. kidding. It's not liberals because we don't have shit down in Florida and old Ronnie D, baby. All right. Uh-huh. Um, what else you got, dude? I'm, I'm ready to wrap this shindig up. I'm ready. I got a 5.30 a.m. wake-up call tomorrow morning to go do my damn day job. Damn. I do, too. Yeah, but I got to be in just, Alachua just... County at 8 a.m. Damn. You don't even know where, where Alachua County is. That's where the UF is, University of Florida. Ah. Okay. So you got to be there by, the end, by when? 8 a.m., baby. I'm leaving here about 6, 6.15. You gonna need like ten shots of espresso for that time of the morning. I know, dude. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Maybe I'll leave it six hour and a half drive. I'll stop get some. All right, so actually, no. Fuck Starbucks and fuck Dunkin' Donuts. I drink black cheap coffee. What were you gonna say? So we gotta put we gotta put some kind of bets out this week. So just pull up your board. All right. What do you got on Army Navy? Oh, under, 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 under. So I don't give a fuck what it is. Under. Okay. So the the special forces, or when the military branches play each other, um, yeah. you always take the under. Oh, I got another one. I got a really good one. Are you ready, dude? Hmm. Texans okay. plus 17 against the Cowboys. Lock that in. Biggest bet of the year. Lock it in. Yeah, I can I can see that. Houston Dallas Texans plus 17. Lock it in. Dallas, Dallas is going to run a whole lot in that game. I can see that. Yeah, let me see. Let me pull me up an NFL one here. This is just—I haven't even looked at the board. I have no clue. But give me the. Let's go with. I want a puppy dog. Damn it! Come on. Give me the charge. Wow, I need to see their lineup. Damn it, this sucks ass. You know. Um, let's go with the Ravens plus two and a half at the Steelers. Heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. Do you want to give out one more, or is that all you got? Um, let me look for an over. We got to put an over out. We ain't taking. We can't go with just 
the Army Navy under. It's happening this year. It's going over. You know that no, thirty-two. No, it's not. No, they both sucked that bad. Okay, so my over of the week is going to be the Chargers and Dolphins on Sunday night football. They're going to light that scoreboard. Are they primetime over? Really? Absolutely. 51 and a half. 51 and a half. Neither one of them have defenses that are worth a shit. And I can totally see the over happening there. All right. You're here to hear first, folks. NLA in a dome on Sunday night. It's got to be the over. I understand. I understand. Dude, I wish they would give us some damn Division II lines, dude. When I was in college, they gave us Division II lines in the playoffs, and they don't have shit, dude. And we're in the Final Four. Probably because of you. No, dude. Shout out five dimes. That's awesome. All right, dude. Well, we gave out some winners. Uh, Georgia's going to win the national championship. Tennessee is going to smoke Clemson. UWF is going to smoke Ferris State. And Florida State is going to smoke Oklahoma. Those are my picks. All right, boys. Another week down. That was fun. Rory, any last words to the people? Well, if you don't already know who we are, you can follow me at Rory Picks on Twitter and then Rory Picks 69 on Instagram. And also listen to our pod every week. Gets better during the season when you're making that money. So yeah, fucking right. make sure you make sure you tune in and we we appreciate appreciate everybody and have a Ooh. damn good one and have a bush lot to Damn right. We got those uh we got the first renderings of our t-shirts made. We're going to make some tweaks and some changes. Um and it's going to be kick ass. We haven't really discussed that, but we're going to let's talk about that this week and get her some feedback back and then we'll get them shits made. Before definitely and before the 500. To... We'll have it out before the 500 for sure. And I'm ready to them try some uh, hot sauce. Oh yeah, baby! I just got to get my lazy ass up, get some, get some damn boxes and ship them out. See, that, see which pepper potions, handy. baby. See that'll which... come in handy for my oysters at, at uh, Christmas. Yes, sir. All right, boys. Sayonara. Later. <laughs>